You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Monday edition. Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Get some questions in for later on in the week as pads come on. Monday pads are coming on. Croc, are you excited? I think like this is when there's only been what four or five practices. It's a ramp up period. They're they're installing some things, uh, working on RPOs. You know, I, I think it's too soon to start calling who's winning what. Right? We got to see the pads come on first before you can decide anything. Right? I think you got to see preseason before you can kind of decide that. Right? Like, how do people play when the lights get on? For you know, especially like young players, it, it's one thing to kind of do it. In a practice setting, there's more of a controlled environment. When some fans start watching, you know, people on TV are watching, your family back home is watching. That's a whole different ball game there. And you're a 6'2 corner, and I'm not trying to say you're slow or anything, but there's probably some wide receivers that might have had a ton of speed, maybe little guys, right? But then you put pads on, and then you start getting your hands on them. You make life a lot more difficult for them, right? Yeah, definitely. It's, able to, it's easier to kind of get underneath the pads at, in, your, in your press now, you can't hold them, but if you can get under there and control, you can control them a little bit more and bring your other, your offhand. So uh, it's always tough, you know, especially for the quicker guys, whether you have pads on or not, they're just extremely difficult to get hands on. But when you do and you have pads on, it's definitely easier. And it's definitely going to be uh, important for those guys in the trenches, offensive line battles, defensive line battles. They need the pads to go on to do anything to figure out what's happening there. Um, but uh, as is going to be the case all preseason long, we got to talk about the quarterbacks first. And I want to start with this. I don't know. I don't know what the feature is called. What's the feature called on Twitter where you do a video or you do like an audio thing with other people? It's kind of like how they have the uh, the green room thing, but it's spaces. It's spaces. So it's, you you did a Twitter Spaces this weekend. All of a sudden, I look at my phone and there's a little notification says Crocky is doing a spaces, live spaces. So I said, okay, let's jump on here and see what Crocky's talking about. And it was entitled something like Garoppolo's trash and he's done and this is over <laughs> or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but what you think it's done? You, you think the Garoppolo era is over already after four training camp practices and no pads? No, no. Well, first of all, I was just trying to get some conversation going because yeah. I have a long drive ahead of me. But Good title, uh, though. Give us a good catchy title. I'll give you credit for that one, Crocky. Right. So the, so the title was is Garoppolo on the hot seat? And I do think, just in general, obviously when you have a number three overall pick, you you know what comes with that. And then when you start to have practices, and I'm not saying Trey Lance is doing anything crazy or special, but when Trey Lance starts to kind of show reasons why they drafted him, I think that can lead to possibly a little bit of trouble for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo because he can't match uh, Trey Lance skill set for skill set. So, Garoppolo, you're going to have to be super efficient. And when you have a practice where you're throwing multiple interceptions, typically it wouldn't matter, right? Last year, a lot of people, or the Super Bowl year, a lot of people referenced that. Whereas, like, oh, Garoppolo threw five straight picks in the in the practice. It didn't matter. Well, he didn't have the number three overall pick behind him at that time. Yeah, so C.J. Beathard wasn't taking that job. Right. So, so now when you start to throw some picks, and you have a rookie that's making some plays with his arm, making some plays with his legs, and you can't match that. I, I think that can start to lead to a little bit of eyebrow raises, especially around the locker room. I was in a situation like that with Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez. 
So I've seen what a quarterback battle kind of looks like where you have the younger guy and you have the veteran and the conversations that are going on, not at the mic, right? On the, on the mic, the players are going to say the politically correct thing. When they get back to their hotels or they get back to their apartments, this is a whole different. They're talking like you and I. Yeah. And that's when things start to change. Or other players in the locker room, too. As soon as they see it, and they're like, dude, Trey's legit, you know? And when the locker room knows it, then then everybody's going to know it, and we'll know it's time to make the switch, and, and we'll probably know it when we're watching those preseason games. By the way, kind of disrespectful to both Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the Mark Sanchez and, uh, and Geno Smith comparison <laughs> at him. Well, Mark Sanchez was the fourth overall pick. Geno Smith was uh, a high second round pick. And, you know, it was just, I'm just speaking more in, in, <laughs> in, in general about the, just the, 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 the situation and what it looked like. And I remember Mark Sanchez, first play of training camp, very first play, pick six. Landry picked him off, took it the other way. <laughs> I love it. And we saw that. We saw pick six from Garoppolo at practice. It was to. Uh, Fred Warner. It was Fred Warner, yeah, Fred Warner, and it, that's that's the that's the pick that Garoppolo throws too. It's that under that underneath linebacker reading his eyes and going and getting it. You you heard Demigo Ryan right? And what else did Demigo Ryan say about that? Right, he said, "Hey, quarterback like Garoppolo, you know he's kind of more of a sit, sitting duck, wants to play in rhythm. If he's not there, maybe he wants to hit his check down. You can read his eyes, knowing he's not going to move. But he also, but then so he said that about Garoppolo when he got to Trey Lance." He started talking about how quarterbacks with that skill set are just really difficult to defend because it's hard to play game plan for the most multiple facets of their game. Right. So it was just intriguing to hear him kind of say that. And I think that's why guys like Trey Lance, you know, they 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 just make it more difficult for teams. So let's talk a little bit about Trey Lance. I'm going to go back to Garoppolo in a minute and talk about maybe some trade options out there in, in a scenario that we talked about earlier on in this. Uh, off season about what could happen maybe with the team that gets desperate and need a quarterback. We might see that in Indianapolis. Uh, more on that in a minute. Let's talk a little bit about Trey Lance because he was unleashed on the ground a little bit in that last practice before pads come on now. And so I think that showed the defense that, you know, and look, he's not going against the ones on defense either, but uh, they were lost apparently a couple times when he took off running. He's like, oh, oh, there's that element of it and throwing the ball down the field. And it sounds like maybe both Garoppolo and Trey Lance a little bit are trying to push the ball down the field a little bit. Um, but Trey Lance obviously has the arm to get it a little further down the field. And then there's been references to, okay, he's dropping bombs, throw a bomb to Debo Samuel. And then like we had talked about the slow mo, I love the the slow mo videos at uh, at the at Forty Niners Twitter account, and it's it was just funny when I saw it. It was like, hey, there's this big Debo Samuel play, so I go look for it, and there's just this slow motion wobbly football flying through the air. Jared Maiden goes up, should have picked it off. I think it was a change up. I think Jared Maiden got there too soon to even pick it off, and Debo Samuel didn't even jump up and grab it above his head. It kind of like hit him in the chest. It, it, it wasn't a great-looking highlight, but it goes as a W for Debo and Trey Lance. But if that's your evidence that Trey Lance is winning the job, then we might have problems because that kind of throw shouldn't necessarily put him ahead of someone like Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, that's not ideal. And immediately when... I think it was Matt Barrows explained it. He explained it as such. Like he doesn't know how he was able to catch it. But I will. But there were other ones that they explained were perfect throws downfield to uh, George Kittle and Debo Samuel. The one thing I will say about just attempting those balls, and I was actually happy to hear about Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball downfield, even though it was picked off. But just him trying is because more positive things can happen 
on a deep ball for the offense than the defense, right? You have a higher percentage of something going your way. One, the receiver can just flat out catch it because the quarterback throws it on the money. Two, if it is up for grabs, you at least give your receiver an opportunity to catch the ball, right? Three, you can definitely get a pass interference call. The 49ers have had several go against them. Not so many go for them mm-hmm. down the field, if any at all, when Garoppolo, since Garoppolo has been that quarterback. And four, you can have an incompletion. Now, obviously, you can end up throwing an interception like we did see from Garoppolo, but I just feel like a lot of other teams are utilizing the ability to throw the ball downfield and what can happen from that. And the 49ers have been just one of the worst teams or limited teams throwing the ball down the field. So it was good, even though the one was a duck. And it's like, okay, now you guys want to show that one. But it was a duck. But I still like, give your guy an opportunity. And a lot of receivers, like, they just want an opportunity. And you see Debo Samuel took advantage of that opportunity. Hey, he throw, he's thrown three deep balls. He's completed uh, three of them, right? And two were really good. One wasn't so great. I, I like my chances there with him just throwing the ball down the field and kind of what's happening there. So continue to push the ball down the field. It was good, to again, to hear Garoppolo as well at least attempt down the field because everything up to that point was that he was throwing intermediate passes around the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir. I'm sure most listeners out there are like, yes, please, throw the ball outside the numbers, throw the ball down the field a little bit, and you're right. Those Good things we see happen so often against the 49ers. And even it's, you know, just the, the 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 possibility of a flag, I think, is a better chance than something really bad like an interception happening and whatever. If it's an incompletion, it's an incompletion. And maybe it's not a high percentage play to throw the ball down the field. But good things can happen. So uh, I'm with you there. Let's see more deep throws. Let's make some big plays there on offense. And obviously, Trey Lance has a big arm and can get the ball down the field. And even if it ducks, you give your wide receiver a chance to, to stop and go get a football okay let's talk trade could the indianapolis colts come calling for jimmy garoppolo uh we've got some more camp reports next a new tight end in-house i'm surprised it took this long and some madden ratings Uh, let's see what else we got coming up some other notes on this episode of lockdown 49ers built bar has so many delicious flavors there is something for everyone at built.com when you talk to a built bar fan they're definitely passionate about their faves uh, if you don't know the built bar flavors you're missing out because there's so many good ones peanut butter my number one you got coconut cherry barcia raspberry mint brownie double chocolate salted caramel strawberry orange cookies and cream german chocolate Those are the originals, but they are always rolling out specialty flavors. So go to Built.com, buy yourself a box, mix your own box of Built Bars. Not only are those Built Bar flavors the best tasting protein bar out there, they are healthy too. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 or 5 grams of sugar and only 4 or 5 grams of net carbs in every bar, amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at Built.com. What do you think? Indianapolis Colts and Jimmy Garoppolo? Put It's hard because as soon as this happened, like the I didn't know it happened until I was started getting all these hits on Twitter. People are like, oh, hey, what do you think? Colts? And I was like, oh, no, what happened to the Colts? And I looked and I was like, okay, Carson Wentz, foot injury. He's trying to rehab it. This is actually ideal for the 49ers right now. Uh, They signed Brett Hundley. That's not an answer for the Colts. 
Carson Wentz has a foot injury, might be something that could hinder him for a while. He elected not to have surgery. That's the latest I've seen. And who knows, we're recording this Sunday night by Monday morning when the pads go on for the 49ers. Maybe something's already happened or the Colts did something or um, whatever. Things can happen fast in the NFL. When, when Trey Lance is ready and it could happen in the preseason, or at least he's shown, because essentially a tie goes to Trey Lance, right? If he shows he's getting there, it's like, okay, Trey Lance gets the job, right? Um, and especially if a team comes calling and is willing to give you something for Jimmy Garoppolo, that, that could be enough to be like, okay, well, look, we're, we're going to make this change in two weeks, so let's make it right now. So Jimmy Garoppolo makes $26 million. The Colts can't fit that under the cap right now. They could probably restructure it. They could ask him to take a pay cut. Would he be willing to take a pay cut if he knew he was getting benched with the 49ers anyway? If the Niners do bench him, they're going to ask him to take a pay cut, I'm sure, because they don't want to pay $26 million to a backup quarterback. So I think the contract stuff could get worked out, and it could make some sense to all sides at a certain point. But the question is, do they need a new quarterback? Is Wentz going to come back ready? Timing-wise, though, with Wentz saying he wants to rehab at first, not have surgery, that gives the Niners and Colts a couple weeks to figure things out. And it's better for the Colts to decide they want to trade for a quarterback in three weeks than it is for them to decide they want to trade for a quarterback right now because maybe the 49ers could be closer to be able to make a decision. Maybe at that point, Trey Lance will have proven that he does deserve to be a part of a quarterback competition, which, according to Kyle Shanahan, is still not the case. Um, So a couple things here. One, can't the 49ers take on some of that money for the Colts? So that was the thing with with uh, Colin Kaepernick, right? The Broncos wanted Kaepernick, but they wanted the 49ers to take on some of Kaepernick's money, and the 49ers were like, no, we're not going to do it. And obviously Ka- Kaepernick wasn't willing to take a pay cut. So I think it, for Jimmy Garoppolo, if the 49ers, if the, if, the, if the return on the value, like if you're getting a high draft pick, would you say, all right, we'll – We'll take on $12 million, but we want a one back in return. Would you do that if you're the 49ers? Didn't this happen with, it was the Browns and the Broncos? with Was it Osweiler? You remember the Browns oh. essentially bought a draft pick because they took on a salary and then they got a draft pick for it. But I don't remember exactly how it worked and if the the contract situations were the same. I assume there's something that could be done, whether it's, moving money around, restructuring, you, you throw some upfront money, uh, you restructure Garoppolo's deal to where he gets a little bonus up front, and so then now the rest of his contract is paid by his new team, and you paid some of that, so it's converting some of his current salary to signing bonus that's in this year, so that way, because I'm sure the Colts wouldn't want to add any years to the contract that are guaranteed for Garoppolo, and I'm sure Garoppolo would want to go start somewhere for a year, then become a free agent, so that's kind of where it works out for all sides. Maybe that's enough for Garoppolo to say, well, look, I'll just take a straight-up pay cut so I can become a free agent next offseason, so maybe that's it's kind of like the Rodgers thing, where they just lop that last year off the deal, so there's no control over him for next year as long as he gets a chance to start that could be beneficial to Garoppolo even more so than getting benched halfway through this year because as we said it's up to Trey Lance once Trey Lance is ready it's going to be Trey Lance's gig so um, maybe in a few weeks something like that could happen I still think it's very unlikely but I think if all it took was look we're going to give you the pick you want and all you have to do is eat a little money and we've got to restructure some things and make it work for all sides I, I bet that wouldn't be too big of a hurdle to figure out I think we gotta see how serious this foot injury is because if Carson Wentz, who you just traded for, and again he has a hefty contract as well, if he's coming back at some point in the year, I, I don't think you pull the trigger. Now here's the tough thing for them though: the Colts are like they're playoff ready, they're championship ready in the sense of how they are built. 
from the run game to receiving core uh, to the defense. Like, they are locked and loaded and ready to go. So this is a huge blow. Uh, would you take on a, a Garoppolo and trade for him, not expecting him to finish the year for you? And you really kind of one and done with him? Would, would you do that? And I, I I have a hard time saying they do it, but a team like them, like, again, like, what, what's the alternative solution if Wentz is going to be out for a while? I mean, play Eason or play Hunley? Like, then you're probably going to get your butts kicked you know, now they are in the AFC South, so I mean that kind of helps because the Texans aren't very good. Only, we'll see what the Jaguars yeah, are. Probably, Dolphins are good though. Well, look, oh, the, ja- the AFC East. My bad. The Jaguars have enough talent to at least compete with Indy if they have zero at quarterback. If their quarterback situation right. is that bad, and, and Indy is a team that probably in house they think they can compete for a Super Bowl and they expect to go try to win that division. So that's what helps in this scenario to facilitate a trade is that the Colts expect to win, want to win now. And so I'm sure they don't want to just have a lost year. And that's why they went out and got Wentz in the first place. Yeah. Now I think as far as kind of trading Jimmy Garoppolo in general, I think if it's close and there's no suitors for Garoppolo, then he'll be the starter. But if it's close and you have any suitors, I think you ride with the rookie and you let him kind of develop. And I think the team around him, the rookie right now, is built to take a load off of his shoulders, right? You have a good running game. You have a, a terrific offensive line that they've kind of put together. You have terrific weapons. You got catch and run guys. You can utilize the quarterback with his legs. Uh, it looks like the defense is going to be to somewhat very uh, competitive. So it's, it's built for a guy like Trey Lance to be able to come in and play well. But again, I, I don't think you want to do it if you don't have to. And again, it would also have to be pretty close with the quarterback competition. I found the info on that Brock Osweiler Browns trade. It was with the Texans and Browns. So essentially what the Browns did is they took on Osweiler and his $16 million guaranteed contract off to Houston's books. So that way Houston didn't have to pay that guaranteed 16 million and Cleveland got a second round pick and a sixth. And then Houston got a fourth. So essentially, just for taking on the salary, Cleveland went from a fourth to a to a to a second. Yeah, that was a wild trade. Right that that is pretty crazy. Obviously, completely different situation because they were taking on the quarterback and the salary to get the trade, but uh, the 49ers would want to lose some salary and probably most of it, and maybe even if they didn't add any players this year. They got a lot of free agents next year, so it would be f- smart for the 49ers not to pay Jimmy Garoppolo $26 million if he's not going to start for them and roll some of that cap over to next year so they can pay some of their guys and, and they'll need some outside free agents too. I, I think the 49ers are going to have to pay them. One, if I'm Garoppolo, I'm not taking a pay cut. But two, all right, are you guys really going to cut me because I'm not taking a pay cut on, on, on my contract? Like, And now you have no real assurance behind Trey Lance? Like, If I'm them, I force their hand. All right. See if you do trade me. I mean, or cut me. And if you do cut me, I might not make twenty six million, but another team will pick me right up. Yeah. Well, you, so here's the problem for Garoppolo: is if you got cut, even if you went to the same team you were going to go to, you'd probably end up making less for that team. Um, and you would earn more money in the future by starting this year for whatever team you took a pay cut to go to, rather than staying the backup with the Forty ers You make more money now. But then if the Niners cut you next offseason or, or, you know, is someone going to trade for 
yeah, that last year of your contract? Probably not. And if the 49ers are going to cut you next offseason, why not cut you now anyway? So that's the big question for Garoppolo is do you want to try to earn a, another contract by starting this year? Your only opportunity might be to start with another team if the 49ers have decided that Trey Lance is their guy. Yeah, now nah, I can I can see that playing out. This is going to be an interesting situation how it plays out. But we are also kind of jumping the gun a little bit, like you kind of said, leading off. You know, we're four practices in. They haven't even put on pads. Uh, I don't know how much that affects the quarterbacks who can't get touched regardless. So, But we'll see, you know, will Trey Lance continue to string together positive plays and show the ability that they liked when they drafted him? I think that's the key thing there. I don't think it's been perfect by any means. But he has shown things, hey, the ability to throw the ball down the field, stretch the field. Oh, man, the big arm on those drive throws that everybody's talking about. And then, obviously, the, the plays that he made, breaking off, ripping off some big runs with his legs. He's showing why he drafted him. He's showing he has that ability. Now, can we get a little bit more consistent, consistency from, an, uh, from you know, just a pure thrower standpoint? And if, if so, then I think at some point there could possibly be a competition brewing. And I think you were on to something earlier when you talked about the preseason games. Uh, it's... It's so hard because, look, we shouldn't be surprised that that Trey Lance is taller than Jimmy G, that he has a bigger arm, that he's more athletic. If that's all he had to do to win a job, then you would have never brought Jimmy Garoppolo onto the You would have never kept him on the roster because you would have known. So just that he's more physical, that should not be a surprise at all because we already knew that about him. And I think the tough part about this quarterback competition is we're really not going to know until the live bullets are flying. When, when Trey Lance can actually be hit by another team, there's a pass rush. Maybe the pocket's not perfect. You know, there's um, his receivers are getting hit while they're catching the ball. Those types of things. We'll see what it looks like in the preseason. We'll be able to learn a lot. And even more so than that, we don't know the real answer might be something that none of us can see. None of the beat writers, none of us can even see in the preseason games. It's does he have all the right answers in the meeting room, in the quarterback room, when they're talking about these things. And I think that's probably the biggest hurdle in all of this. When he has those answers, you can't keep him off the field. I think another thing that would be kind of telling, and I don't want to say put pressure on uh, Kyle Shanahan or anyone to make a change, but don't they have a, a joint practice week this yes, year? Yes, that's right. They have, is it the Broncos that are coming in? It's it's one of these teams, and and at that point, the pass rush from the other team, like they're going hard now. Like I, they don't care to to keep 49er players just quote unquote healthy, right? So now it's that's as close to live bullets flying as possible. You start seeing that, and you're gonna hear from the Bronco reporters. If you're starting to hear from them, like, man, this, this Trey Lance kid looks sorry, Chargers, it's, yeah. it's the Chargers. If you're starting to hear from the Chargers writers and and their side of things that Trey Lance looks better than Jimmy Garoppolo, then that's that's when I think you'll you'll start to hear some. And then to be able to see Trey Lance on the field with Justin Herbert. And what does that look like with yeah. those guys just being able to see him and being able to see that guy and maybe what this could lead to? Because remember, Her Herbert wasn't the guy that the Chargers were like, oh, yeah, we're just going to – he's just sure. Oh, yeah, we got a guy here, right? They were doing everything possible to keep Tyrod Taylor as the starter until somebody accidentally punctured his lung with a needle. So it wasn't to that point to where Herbert really got a fair shake. But I'm pretty sure they saw signs. And I bet Chargers writers, you'll start to hear some things coming out of there mm -hmm. with how Trey Lance looks, how it compares to Justin Herbert with what they've seen from Herbert. And that could put a little bit of pressure – 
on Shanahan. Not like he cares, and we talked about it before. I don't know if uh, Shanahan cares, but if the other teams see it, then dang, you you dang sure 49ers team sees it. And that's, like Kyle Shanahan said, that's when we'll know that it's time for that to be a competition. It's going to be a huge two weeks, 15 days. They go from their first preseason game, the 14th, August 14th, that's only two weeks away, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Then they have three practices with the Chargers starting on August 19th before they play the Chargers that weekend in, in preseason week two. Then they finish up with the Raiders on uh, preseason week three, August 29th. So that's going to be huge. And yeah, you're right. Things ramp up quickly there. Preseason game one, then you can hit each other. We're going to see some fights in practice, see who's a little ornery there when the, when the Chargers and 49ers start hitting each other for a few days in a row. That's going to be super fun. Uh, I can't wait for that. And I, I'm so I'm more excited about the preseason this year than I was probably any regular season game last year after about week two. I'm still curious to see how they do preseason with one game taken away. Are you going to have a dress rehearsal or you not? I'm curious to see how they split up the reps with the quarterbacks. Uh, at some point, do we eventually see in the dress rehearsal game, maybe they cut Garoppolo's time a little bit short. Yeah. Maybe they still play a half, right? But they cut Garoppolo, they give Garoppolo a quarter and then give Trey Lance a quarter. Right, we could possibly see that with mm-hmm. the starters. All well, in. we're going to see Lance a lot. So, how quickly do they pull the rest of the starters when they pull Jimmy? Is the question. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. going to be interesting. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. All right, pads go on Monday. It's going to be awesome. A few more notes here from the 49ers: Mike McGlinchey, Jordan Matthews, the newest not wide receiver but tight end in town. And Croc, I want to get your opinion real quick on the top cornerback ratings in Madden next. You want in on the action? Well, you can get some at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. BetOnline even has awards, TV shows, and reality TV you can bet on. Table games, poker, blackjack, real-time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. And oh yeah, back to the sports. NFL props, futures, offensive, defensive rookies of the year, Super Bowl champions, win totals. Major League Baseball all summer long. We've got any number of other things you can get in on the action at betonline.ag. Just remember to tell them that Locked On sent you the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports, and it's free to sign up. Just go to betonline.ag, use promo code Locked On, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Real quick, and I talked about it before a couple times with the the Jordan Matthews stuff. He converting to tight end is up twenty five pounds. Like we're talking about two forty. Jordan Matthews. We talked right about now, it. Jordan Matthews right now. That. Yeah, we did. We did. And I was actually surprised. Like, why is he not already a forty nine er? He was catching well, passes for Trey Lance at his pro day, and it's like, why is he not a forty nine er right now? Maybe they didn't like what he looked like at that pro day. They're like, hey, you're looking a little bit big there, buddy. Um, but he was at George Kittle's tight end U in Nashville. And now, with a little calf injury, I think uh, Michael Pruitt is dealing with. So now they have signed, not the wide receiver, but the tight end version of Jordan Matthews. And I like it. He's already a better receiver. He's kind of a slot guy. Even going back to Vanderbilt, he was mostly a slot guy. Even when he ran four four seven coming out of college at, at 6'3", 215. Uh, if you added 25 pounds to that, we're talking 240. That's bigger than Jordan Reed was last year. Yeah. But Jordan Weed, Reed, man, he's built kind of wide. And he has he's, I think he was base. only like 6'2", 235, maybe 240. And and so that means Matthews, if he put on 25 pounds, is at least 
230 right now. That's pretty big. That's legit enough size. And he was always a pretty good blocker. If he's got more strength added there, you know, he's probably not going to be an inline guy taking on defensive ends a ton, but to be a move tight end, that's fine. I think there's something to a guy naturally being that big as opposed to someone that had to build up to that. We'll see how his kind of speed or lack thereof, does he lose something? Because he never was like just the pure fastest guy. The short area stuff, yeah, he was a little sluggish. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if that affects him in any way. But you know, I think at the end of the day, if he is going to succeed at that, at that tight end spot, the 49ers are the best case scenario for him to give him that opportunity because, one, they don't really have the tight end depth like that, especially after Dwelly. It really there's a drop-off. And, two, you know, understanding Kyle Shanahan and what he wants. I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan wanting him to do well, this, this, this is it. And if he doesn't get this, he might not play again in the NFL. But if he's bigger, stronger, plays to that 240, but maintains most of that athleticism he had, now we're talking. So I'm excited for it. Let's see it. Number 88, the tight end version of Jordan Matthews. A quick note about Mike McGlinchey, who did the same exact thing. He was on the Jordan Matthews diet. I don't know if they're working out together, but he added apparently 25 pounds or so as well, looking much bigger and essentially owned up to everything that went wrong for him last year. And and some of it was just mentally off the field and he wasn't able to um, do what he normally does to train for a season because of COVID and he got lighter and maybe got in his own head a little bit, but it seems like he's in a good headspace. most importantly, and really tried to address everything that failed him last year, including getting bigger so he doesn't get bull rushed, which uh, which is good news for him to get re-signed by the 49ers, which is going to cost some money pretty soon. He's going to go to his fifth year option next year. But, um, you know, all positive vibes coming from Mike Glinchy. I think that's just the big story here is like, you know, if he because he's already a pretty good run blocker. If, if he can continue to be athletic at a bigger size and then hold his ground and pass protect better, I mean, that'll be huge for the 49ers and for his career, obviously. Yeah, that was the biggest thing, man. Him just being able to anchor and not getting pushed back into his quarterback's lap. Uh, seeing how many times he was on the ground. A lot of times as a fan, it gets you know frustrating, right? Covering the 49ers, watching the 49ers, and seeing your biggest offensive lineman just – on the ground, like, you know, that was something that I didn't care to see and definitely saw a little bit too much. So hopefully the added weight helps. That that would be really nice for him. Here's the thing, though. He said he's up to 315 or 320 after adding 25 pounds. Dude was at 290 last year, like 6'7". That's basketball size. I mean, I, I, I really think he's Or 6'8", yeah. 6'8", 290. That is slim for an offensive lineman. Yeah. And that could that – could, one – when you're that tall, you already lose a lot of leverage because, you know, in football or most sports in general, low man wins. So you're already at a disadvantage there. And if you're light in the ass, like as he was, now, I mean, you're at even more of a disadvantage. So, yeah, that, that's not good. 290 at 6'8", man. We're talking about, like, dude, you look like Kevin Garnett out there. That's, that's good. No, that's perfect. Yeah, Kevin Garnett. Exactly. Um, that's crazy. So, uh, I didn't realize he was that light at his height. So he definitely needed to add some size and some strength, some functional strength there. Cause he was getting bull rushed at that size. So that's good news about Mike McGlinchey. He's ready to go for 2021 new physical and mental approach to the game this year. Some other things I want to get to, we're out of time, but we got plenty of time all week. I want to talk Madden ratings with you, which is always fun. Maybe we'll wait till Wednesday to include Winkler in those conversations and then let you guys trash talk about your Madden game that, you know, I, I don't know if Nick's listening right now. There's a chance he's not, so I, I think I can get away with saying this. He might be ducking you, Croc. I think so. Hey, look, I'm, I'm always ready. So whenever he's ready, we'll line it up and I will put up the stream. 
All right. We'll, we'll, we'll for sure know now if Winks listened to all the episodes, if he calls us out on that comment. All right. Good stuff, Croc. Let's, I know you're on the road too. So thanks for, uh, thanks for getting this podcast in with me, with your travels. Hopefully you don't have to travel as much coming up so you can uh, stay home and not have to be, you're running from coast to coast, California, twice, Florida. You went up to to Minnesota, like you've been everywhere this off season, man. Why don't you just chill out in Arkansas and hang out and, and build your damn gym? I know. And then there's like this uh, fantasy football expo thing in Col- in Columbus or not Columbus. Uh, where's the Canton. Hall of Fame? Yeah, in Canton, Ohio. I might go to that. We'll see. And then I'm definitely traveling to New York and in Philadelphia for the 49ers uh, game against Eagles week two. So. That'll be the end of the traveling for me. And you're driving, too. I hope you're not putting all those miles on your car. Oh, no, I'm in a rental car. I actually have a Nissan Kick. Never heard of it before. It's like this really small, like, compact car. Great on gas. Has some cool features, too, man. Like, when cars, like, one, I could put on cruise control, and I don't even really have to control anything other than the steering wheel. It slows down. I've heard about that feature, right? So you put, it's like auto cruise control where you put it on cruise, but you don't have to slow down every time you come up on someone who's going slower in front of you, right? That is an amazing feature. Oh, man, it's great. So I can put it at about 78 miles an hour. That's typically where I put it at. And if somebody's going slower in front of me, it just slows down to the speed that they're going. So you keep that distance. And then once they move out the way or you go around them, then it just speeds back up. Uh, It's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I like it. I'm liking the Nissan kit. All right. If the folks at Nissan need a spokesperson, at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter, I'm at BD Peacock. Crock and I back with you tomorrow right here. Lockdown 49ers.